Conclusion The present study began with the observation that many modern societies and individuals fear psychedelics. By investigating how psychedelics threaten the idea of being a rational subject in modern society, to what extent otherness and the unknown contribute to individuals' fears of psychedelics, and how technologies and symbols can provide more agency and control to psychedelic users, I am confident in answering my central research question. In what ways can modern users conceptualize the psychedelic experience that counters the current fear-laden discourse on drugs? Using modern fears of psychedelics as my framework, and the foundations upon which those fears are based, allows for richer understanding of current conflicting views of drugs in general, and psychedelics in particular. Only when antiquated conceptions are understood can recommendations inform future direction, advancing further creation of knowledge into psychedelic realms and practices. With that said, my philosophical inquiry has prescriptive consequences. First, everyone should get clear about the terms they use. In this thesis, I repeatedly redefine terms or create new ones, such as the analyses I provide on psychedelic other, bodily and mental, uh, oh, sorry, bodily and mental surrender, uh, known and unknown fears, notions of self, control, symbolico-technological relations, etc. However, academics and users' pathological descriptions, i.e. ego death, ego dissolution terminology to explain psychedelic experiences deserve special attention. This category mistake should be abandoned if fear-based concerns are to reduce. The concept merging from mysticism could replace previous descriptions. Therefrom, ego merging is an appealingly disarming term. Pathological terminology suggests a becoming less than state, a description mystics and shamans do not endorse. Past and current fear-laden discourse suggests that psychedelics make people insane, that users might lose part of what makes them a rational subject and thus could harm oneself and others. Psychedelic users claim otherwise, comparing their experiences to mystical states, moral and spiritual enhancement, and extending conscious experience beyond their five senses. As for religious institutions fearing mystics and psychedelic users' direct access to possible divine realms, such experiences would likely reinforce religious doctrine, not counter it. The nearly 50-year prohibition on psychedelics creates an atmosphere of misunderstanding. Insofar as alcohol, nicotine, and prescription drugs are institutionalized in modern society, opening up psychedelics to research and responsible use might create a common language-slash-framework to better explain these experiences, leading to less fear among users and non-users. Additionally, psychedelics appear to be effective means of fighting addictions to, to degenerative drugs such as opioids. Second, dosage is an important variable when, philo when philosophizing about psychedelics. Current debates in philosophy regarding the self and epistemological debates in religion and mysticism seem to not account for various dosage levels on oscillating and diaphanous mental states between semi-intoxication and full intoxication. I propose a qualitative framework in chapter 2.3.1 for philosophers and neuroscientists to assess mystical slash psychedelic experiences that allow a middle path for both narrative and, middle, and min, minimal selves to be expressed. The framework was written with surrenderism in mind. However, it can be adapted to include control aspects related to shamanic methods. Furthermore, epistemological polarities such as constructivism and perennialism highlight the narrative minimal self-negotiation but on a broader scale. 
constructivists might be correct in their claims that mystics and psychedelic users enter altered states of consciousness with views of their religious world. However, perennialists too are possibly correct when mystics, modernists, and shamans approach the non-dual state, again, depending on dosage. Scholars have researched thus far religious, psychological, therapeutic, and neuroscientific angles, to name several. The philosophic study of psychedelics is more or less a dormant field. The more society and individuals understand psychedelic phenomena, the greater chances there will be in changing discourse on drugs. Considering philosophy of psychedelics and psychedelic technologies are still in their infancy, there is room to study these abstract realms with the criticality and logic of the philosopher's perspective. Also, evidence suggests that altered states of consciousness provide clues to the nature of neural correlates of consciousness and consciousness proper, selfhood, and a re-examination of one's sober self. Third, in short-term and therapeutic context, surrender might be ideal for many, in, for many individuals. Surrender can be considered a form of passive control in that surrendering to the experience is a better alternative than resisting the oncoming altered state, which could lead to bad experiences. Surrendering entails relinquishing one's symbolic system used for sober reality, hence new symbols are needed, i.e. tools of the mind for psychedelic altered states of consciousness. This thesis is replete with paradoxes, and I suggest a final one that contrasts my proposed operationalization of shamanic control methods. Modernists would benefit from surrendering their current modern rationale to hit pause, as it were, to observe and consider alternate way, alternative ways of approaching psychedelic experiences that do not succumb to fear. I'm not advocating that modernists forego their entire worldview, but instead take a respite from their commonly accepted knowledge and reality frames to learn something from non-modern psychedelic users. Psychedelia needs philosophers more than ever, especially as advancements in neuroscience better explain neuronal functioning and indigenous drug-taking cultures and traditions continually come under threat. Finally, identifying, understanding, and as a result, operationalizing middle ground in the way modernists conceptualize psychedelic experiences and largest discourse on what seems to be, from modern perspectives, magical-slash-mythical practices found in shamanic cultures. Psychedelic scholars and practitioners suggest modernist surrender, while other scholars reference shamans' control of psychedelic experiences through technology. However, it appears that both academic disciplines do not interact. To the best of my knowledge, scholars have not asked as extensively as I have whether modernists too can control said experiences. While it is reasonable to use concepts from mysticism to in intellectualize psychedelic experiences, the likely more helpful prototype in the context of fear are shamans who are said to control experiences through symbolism and technology. Thus, modernists can borrow from both ideologies, using mysticism to explain, and shamanism to control experiences for the most part. As I argue in chapter 2.3.1, diminishment of narrative self leads to semi-DS and semi-NDS. Thus, symbolico technologies can fill the gap created by reductions in narrative slash sober self. Or put another way, states of intoxicated self are more conducive to using psychedelic symbolico technologies than DS and NDS, and intoxicated individuals can make great use of them when applied to a range of purposes such as controlling, navigating, and seeking new knowledge. Symbolico technologies are prostheses, or crutches, so to speak, in that 
psychedelic users are likely more able to maintain balance during uncertain and unpredictable mental conditions when they rely on these accoutrements. Epistemologically speaking, psychedelic realms might be considered as intermediate platforms of knowledge exchange between constructivist and perennialist positions. Symbolico technologies might allow users to better capture and process insights to bring back to sober reality. I strongly defend the idea that symbolico-technological relations is how shamans control and understand their experiences, and that this concept will be an extremely important research topic toward a philosophy of psychedelic technology. The kind of knowledge modernists seek will inform the symbols and technologies they discover, slash develop, and use according to their worldview. Symbolico technologies provide insightful, richer experiences of other realities that coexist alongside humans' increasingly estranged, according to Kasiha, natural origins. The totality of reality exponentially increases as humans discover more ways of experiencing and knowing. The conceptualization of psychedelic knowledge, the other, and other worlds, from modern worldview perspectives, will require a redefining of knowledge and psychedelic technology. Currently, unanswerable questions arise. How will modern society cope with psychedelic knowledge? What kinds of psychedelic technologies will be developed for modern audiences? And what would it take for psychedelic knowledge to be recognized as useful or as a topic of interest to research? Limitations. My modern perspective of the world, i.e. my American background and the Dutch education system regarding the context of the master's program and perspectives of the largely European slash American faculty members, likely shape my thinking and processing of text and the manner in which I frame my arguments. Since this project is chiefly a theoretical investigation, I draw on mainly continental philosophers and secondary empirical research. Primary research would undoubtedly provide corroboration or refutation of modern academics' analyses of drug-taking shamans' cultures and modern users' applications of psychedelics. I focus on the most likely psychedelic I focus on the most likely psychedelic fears society and individuals have in consideration of brevity. There are surely other fears that are worthy of exploration. A more thorough investigation might involve finding out what people fear to know what Sorry, let me repeat. A more thorough investigation might involve finding out what people fear to know how to design and use psychedelic symbols and technologies per culture, perhaps even per individual. Additionally, I group all psychedelics into a single category, albeit a category that shares many common characteristics, for example, when compared to delirians and dissociatives. With that said, James alludes to the potentially unlimited altered states of consciousness to explore regarding his experimentation with nitrous oxide, and likely these experiences are dependent on countless other variables at the moment of ingestion, worldview, substance, dosage, life experience, mood, present and repressed emotional states, etc., Future studies dedicated to specific substances and controlled variables would illuminate further insights. Future research. There are at least two directions for future philosophical research that stem from the present study. Philosophical xenoanthropology and or xenophenomenology and Kasiha's philosophy of symbolic forms and technology. Research into altered self and psychedelic other can expand beyond this thesis to include new de-anthropomorphized and de-anthropocentric approaches, for example, in a philosophical xenoanthropology 
anthropology, context, and perhaps a xenophenomenological approach to further explicate non-human and or non-physical psychedelic entities and their perspectives. Such areas broaden the current dominant singular slash sober approach to consciousness and concepts of self and other in altered realms. For example, what do modern users learn from intoxicated self and psychedelic entities? How do users incorporate psychedelic knowledge in their daily sober lives? Casijas' philosophy of symbolic forms shows promise for psychedelic technology research or psychedelic research proper, uh, perhaps fusing with ID's post-phenomenology. Psychedelic researchers can investigate the development of modern symbolic and technological accoutrement, i.e. symbolico-technological relations, for modern audiences. Researchers and experts-slash-lay users are left the colossal task of co-discovering and co-shaping psychedelic symbols and technologies according to modern worldviews, since it has yet to be done as thoroughly and effectively as those of shamans according to their worldview. Regarding shamans' superimposition of world tree symbolism with the drum slash drum beat, how might modern psychedelic symbolism pair with modern technologies and for what purposes? The discovery and design of symbols offer new means of communication slash, slash mediation with psychedelic others, control, and navigation in altered realms respectively. Further, when psychedelic symbols wrestle themselves free from original thought forms, researchers might be able to reverse engineer the meaning of these symbols to understand what they represent or take raw experiential data to create new symbols. End of chapter three. At the end of the bibliography, I finish the thesis with a quote from Terence McKenna. And um, he says, And now we stand on that threshold, hand in hand with this strange new partner. Out of historical change comes the unexpected. The problem of the other, the need for the other, the presence of the other, the nature of the other. These are the questions and the concerns that will drive the next order of human knowing. And I end uh, with Terence McKenna's quote. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. I wasn't going to do an outro for the conclusion podcast, but I decided that in good fashion, just like I asked my guests to, uh, you know, what are their takeaway messages from the conversation or their work or whatever we discussed on that podcast, what they would like listeners to remember. I came up with a couple paragraphs that I think that you should remember about the five podcasts that encompass my master's thesis. So I just wrote a couple of paragraphs here. I'll read them to you. I'm arguing for something that doesn't exist yet. Modern technologies to be paired with psychedelic experiences. The obvious example I gave was to control the experience, thus to control fears of these experiences. However, I imagine that modern technologies could be used for a number of reasons. For example, to navigate the experience, to make the visions clearer, to harness the mind, the sky's the limit, what we might be able to do. Technology affects every facet of our lives. Psychedelic experiences will not be exempt from technology use. Someone will figure out how to use modern technology for some motive. There are likely infinite ways to combine technology with psychedelics and or develop psychedelic-specific technologies if we dare to get creative, asking the right questions, and then figuring out how to solve the puzzles in front of us. Finally, my thesis focused on pairing modern technology with psychedelic, psychedelic states of consciousness. However, I also believe psychedelics to be technologies in themselves. I'm going all in on Iboga. I'll repeat that. 
I'm going all in on Iboga. I believe Iboga is the key to understanding so much from sober consciousness and perception to other worlds and dimensions. I believe this because Iboga is an amazing plant teacher and the visions are surprisingly clear with eyes open or closed. You can find a link to my thesis on my website or at uh, the University of Twente's website where many student theses are published. I'll give you the URL here. Essay dot, well, I'll just say it and then I'll spell it. Essay.u20.nl forward slash 77339. Again, that's E-S-S-A-Y dot U-T-W-E-N-T-E dot N-L forward slash 77339. Or you can find it on my website, A-M-U-O, that's A-M-H-O-U-O-T dot com. And if you enjoyed listening to the thesis and how I constructed it and how I came up with some of the ideas or how if you're asking yourself, how did my master's, how did AM's ask, uh, master's program inform his thesis, then I highly recommend you take a look at the, let's say, online brochure, the webpage of the master's program, which is called Philosophy of Science, Technology, and Society. Uh, so you can just Google that term. I will also leave some links to the program and uh, which courses are offered in the program and the podcast supplements on the blog. Other than that, thanks again for having a listen, and I hope you're inspired in some way, and yeah, until the next time. The following is a disclaimer pertaining to the use of the Eboganautics podcast. Eboganautics is a podcast intended for entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider or legal counsel with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or legal situation. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Neither Eboganautics nor any of its affiliates, sponsors, producers, guests, or hosts encourage the illegal use of controlled substances.